0: There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much.
1: Hi, I'm Jules von Hepp.
2: Hello, I'm Sarah Powell.
1: And welcome to Wobble, a podcast about happiness and body confidence.
2: Because we all wobble. On this week's episode, we have Jamie Windust, also known on Instagram as Leopard Print Elephant. Jamie is a writer, soon to be author, magazine editor, model and activist, and also identifies as non-binary, so uses the pronouns they and them. And I would really encourage you right now to go and have a look at their Instagram page and just see the incredible way that Jamie dresses and how they do their makeup and just the way that they show up in every single possible way. Um, I loved speaking to Jamie and there is so much, this chat is so rich and there's so much to learn. So here they are. Just explain How you identify.
1: Yeah. So I identify as non-binary, which is kind of, it's really fun because it's a self-definitive term. On mass, it's basically neither male nor female. So that's gender. The differences with gender and sex is gender is kind of how you feel and how you express yourselves and the way you look. Whereas sex is more of a scientific thing. So it's more like your chromosomes and your body. So that's something I always try and get out straight away because I think that's sometimes where people get lost because you're not born nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Do you know what i mean yes um like physically so it's like yeah okay that was that and then gender wise it's more kind of like in your head it's one of those weird ones where i'm like i'm in the middle but i'm also nowhere yes i'm just kind of like floating around
2: Yes, yeah,
1: sure i've had my own little box in the corner
2: it's an amazing look thank you and i'm really interested to know how how you came to it everybody finds their way with makeup and clothes yeah. and and things like that and everybody you know has those photos you know god knows I've got them of <laughs> crimping and fishnet tights and yeah, all that yeah. kind of stuff so what what brought you cuz you've had this look for a while now haven't yeah. you yeah
1: when i initially started wearing makeup the kind of intention of it was completely different it was because i had insecurities about my skin and i used to work in a department store so i was like okay i've got access to all of this free makeup essentially Yeah. not that i was stealing but no but <laughs> <it's> <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) there Um, and I had all these problems with my skin so it is initially kind of to cover up and then my skin got much better and I still kind of was happy to wear makeup and then it took more of a creative kind of outlet for me rather than something to cover. Yes. Because that's the kind of feedback I get quite a lot is people think I'm doing it to cover up or to hide whereas I'm actually becoming more me by doing it.
2: It's so weird that anyone would think that you are trying to hide. Mm. If anything you're going to attract more attention but it is so bizarre that anybody would think that you want to hide.
1: It's actually quite stressful because I get critiqued on it quite a lot. So people, whenever uh, they meet me and they kind of have all these thoughts about me, I get quite a lot of mixed reactions initially, for example, like when I'm working, a lot of people think that I'm quite standoffish or I'm quite rude or I'm quite kind of arrogant. And it's like purely because of my face. Right. And it's like, A, no, it's just because I've not got any eyebrows, so you can't tell what I'm thinking. (laughs) It's funny because what I always say is I don't take myself seriously until I need to. Just in the things that I do, I just don't take anything too seriously and I play around and have a bit of fun. But what makes me laugh is then how people take me so seriously. I think it comes from a place of like they just don't know what I'm about. They're yeah, like, I don't get it. Yeah. And I'm like, that's fine. Like take your time and just you know what I mean just like be human yeah. about it. Just kinda of be nice and if you wanna ask questions, ask questions. If you don't if you don't, whatever. I always say that the way I I dress and the way that I present myself is on purpose it's disruptive and it's it's purposefully political almost I'm an underrepresented group mainstream society would tell me not to or tell me that I'm being this or that whatever too much by actively doing it every day it is almost a statement to say well, I literally don't care yeah I'm just gonna keep rocking and rolling
2: I love that you've mentioned this because you did a, an amazing post on Instagram about boundaries a couple yeah. of weeks ago and you talked about the idea of being too much oh, yeah. or too extra and how uncomfortable It can really make like it it can be really triggering for people, can't it?
1: Yeah, I think it comes from a place of the people who are told they're too much but then don't care. We have had parts of our lives where we've been told too much and we have cared and we've then toned it down. Yeah. And we know what that feels like and we know how that kind of process feels when you're told to not do something. it takes a lot of courage and confidence to get to a point where you can be told that and then continue. But I think we should do that more because otherwise we risk not fulfilling and pushing a huge part of ourselves because oh, people are gonna think I'm being too much like if I thought that I probably wouldn't leave the house <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? <laughs>
2: and I think it's really applicable to most people yeah actually because it's not just about making a really bold statement with your clothes or your look or, or how you present yourself mm. there's a phenomenal book called playing big mm. and it's by Tara Moore and she to talk about playing big she obviously talks about how we can make ourselves small particularly women but I think it's true for everyone yeah that you can go into a meeting for example at work and if somebody's told you that you know you're being a bit much or, you, or you're being bringing few too many ideas yeah. chances are it's because you're making them look bad Yeah. and I think there's a risk that we can really dial ourselves down yeah, in yeah. that way in how we sort of fill a space or how much we contribute because we're scared yeah. that somebody's going to go whoa 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 don't get too big for your boots there mm. no play it small so actually I think what you're saying about boundaries is really important for everyone.
1: Yeah, I completely resonate with that in the world of work. Like at the moment, I'm working with, let's just say big wigs.
2: Okay, nice.
1: <laughs> and what I've started doing, which I learned from Gina Martin, she was like, go into the bathroom before and just look in the mirror and just like shout at yourself at how amazing you are and also like how you deserve to be in that room. Because it's so easy to to get there, to be underlooked, and then feel like, oh, okay, I'm already on the back foot, so I'm just going to keep it down. Affirmations are really great for that, to be able to know that you can be there and you're supposed to be there but I just love it yeah I love that kind of place that I'm at now where I know I should be there and it's really difficult sometimes with imposter syndrome
2: before we sat down to record Jamie and I had a big chat about imposter syndrome you had a great line about it oh
1: it's the freelancer's disease
2: it is the freelancer's disease it absolutely is just that feeling of I'm winging it oh yeah actually and I think we're all guilty of it you know I've certainly got it at the moment I've not been doing the wedding celebrant stuff for long Mm. and now I'm in the stage where I'm like, wow, can I actually do this? Like, I, I, I've really set my stall out. I've taken a lot of bookings, which I'm incredibly grateful for. I'm really excited about. But it doesn't stop that doubt yeah. creeping in. So when do you notice it, your imposter
1: syndrome? I think I've noticed it literally ever since I graduated. So I won an award at Graduate Fashion Week. So that was potentially going to go into a job with ASOS. Okay. So I went there, I was like, this is great. Yes. Big, weird job out Yay. of uni. <laughs> yeah. And then they basically turned me down for the job, but for like quite a nice reason they were like we think you're very talented but we think that you're like on the edge of being able to work as you
2: right yes as yes. a
1: writer as a model as an activist so we're not going to give you the job and that kind of was like okay I'm not going to do this just for you to prove you right but I'm, I'm going to take that and run with it
2: yeah was that difficult in that moment if you thought you were yeah
1: because I hadn't planned and I'd not even thought about being freelance at all so to then be kind of what I felt like was winging it yes <laughs> I mean at the start I definitely was yeah um, but then the... as everybody
2: is right at the start and, yeah. and continuing just to say that just yeah. to there's anyone listening going oh my gosh I still feel it and I started yeah. 10 years ago Five Exactly.
1: Yes, yes, I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? So then I started writing and I got commissions and I got some work and then I kept building that momentum. And it is really hard. And I think it's one of those things that people see me online and they think that I either get handed things or that it's a stable life, but what they don't see is, you know, the constant emails to editors the constant kind of pitching the constant brainstorming of okay where can I work now who should I work with blah 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 um big imposter syndrome moments were when I got approached by publishers to write a book because I was like this isn't how that industry works it should be the other way around yes
2: yes so weird isn't it that it would go oh no I can't have this because I haven't written to 75 publishing houses and been turned down that's how that works so I can't have this exactly yeah
1: they approached me in September so I'd only been doing it for like four or five months properly and they were just like, yeah, we, we've got this idea for a book. We want you to, to write a book. When I, I remember, I signed the contract in February and I was literally like, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. And now i have yeah, soon to be author. And I'm like, OK, sure.
2: Fantastic. <laughs> we'll
1: do that. But I yeah. think the problem with imposter syndrome is it can feel like when you get exciting work, for example, like when you get commissions or big brands or big people come and work with you, it doesn't necessarily always have that same impact of excitement as it used to have because you're like, OK, yeah, this is great, but what am I going to do after this? Yeah, There's that constant kind of pushing yeah. of, your, of your own workload.
2: And I suppose it works in two ways, doesn't it? Because in on one hand, it means that you're constantly working and you're like, what's next? What can I do next? How exciting. Yeah. But I suppose there's a risk at the same time that you're n- going to not properly enjoy mm. what you're doing now.
3: So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? Sold! Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: I think they also the power of social media. I always say it's bizarre and it sounds very millennial, But like it gets you work. Yeah. And it's not just like, not influencer work, but like it's almost like having your portfolio.
2: Yes. It's your shop window, isn't it? Mm. You're able to go, this is who I am, this is what I'm about, these are the things that I really value. Social media, I mean, social media has been amazing for your activism and particularly yeah. I mean let's talk about the petition
1: thank you very much so
2: what what stage is the petition at now
1: so it started in mid-february so it's a petition to allow people to identify as outside of that binary of male and female on legal documents so that's like passport driving licence so it's got six months so it finishes in August now we're at 16,000 which is pretty whopper
2: yeah it's huge how many because what what was the goal
1: so the first goal was 10 yep and at 10 Ten thousand you get a response from government. Yeah. So I've got my response. Nice.
2: <laughs> Very nice.
1: Um and then the next goal is a hundred, which would put it up for a potential debate in Parliament. Okay. But I know that, you know, there's a lot of campaigns like Gina Martin, like with her upskirting bill, like her petition didn't get to the 100,000 but still managed to get into parliament and become law so it's about what I'm finding is it's about working with the media and also being like a bit of a investigator myself and kind yeah. of like weaseling my way in and finding MPs who are on board or could be on board or can help me out so it's a very bizarre almost like I do feel like a bit of a detective Yeah, because I'm like having to weasel it
2: which is an amazing role that yeah. you probably never saw coming <laughs> no do you know what I mean that you would be approaching MPs and doing that sort of Mm. very formally, I imagine, and and moving in those circles. I suppose and so how would a form look differently?
1: This is the really interesting thing is a lot of other countries and a lot of states around the world uh, like in the US have what they call X passports on a passport at the moment in the UK for example so it just says sex MF what other places do like Nevada have just done it this week is that gets changed to gender and then on gender you can put male female or X so X is kind of whatever you want it to be it's self-definitive but what I find really interesting is that the UK allow those passports to if you you have one and you're not from the UK you can come in with one but if you're from the UK you can't have one yeah like you said I would never have thought that I'd be doing this and I'm working on hilarious levels of imposter syndrome just like working with people like the BBC and head honcho-y I guess yeah
2: absolutely but doing it you know it would have been very easy to set up the petition you know in your front room and go well there it goes off it goes and and we'll just let that happen but to actually really sort of pick up the cause and run with it is it's huge isn't it yeah it's
1: very bizarre there's a Activist who's been doing it alongside. So they got um, it went to the high court two years ago. Okay. And it got dismissed. And then I'm now basically working with that campaign because it's going back to court in December. So we're kind okay. of like joining forces. So yeah, we're now working towards going going to court. Yes. Oh my god. gonna wear? I know,
2: just, that was my first thought. What, gonna, <laughs> so it was what are you gonna wear in court? I was like, God. <laughs>
1: I have to wear something impressive.
2: (laughs) I think it is really important (laughs) to talk about using the correct language. Yeah. There's a small, horrible number of people who want to cause offence to any sort of minority mm. and then there's a small group of ignorant people who aren't interested in, in learning or yeah. the sort of the right way of speaking to somebody but I think there is a huge group an absolutely massive group that exists that just don't know yeah. and it's almost the fear of causing offence mm. do you know what I mean they're so scared about saying perhaps the wrong thing and then yeah. there's a lot of phrases like non-binary and gender fluid and queer and things like that those yeah. sort of words I suppose they get confused 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 and a bit intimidated. So
1: Mm.
2: what, I mean, what is the right thing to do?
1: I think it's about making sure that this is going to sound a bit rude. I don't mean it like this, like to know that this isn't actually about you. I don't mean it as harsh as it sounds. Like obviously it is about you having that level of education to know. So, for example, if people come up to me and they're like, they just start talking to me, but they don't really know how to address me in terms of pronouns. If I'm honest, like most people would initially go with he. In small doses, that's fine. For example, if I'm ordering a coffee, I mean it's not fine, but it's like I can it's bearable, I can bear it, I can rock and roll with it. If I'm in a situation where I'm working with someone or if I know I'm gonna be with someone for a while of time, I will kind of take the onus and tell people my pronouns. So I use like they them pronouns and that's kind of as much as I can do. And if they want to know why, then I'll explain, and that's absolutely fine.
2: Because I think that's another thing, people are scared to ask why.
1: It all does depend on context. Like for example, if I'm working with someone or if if I'm becoming friends with someone or if I'm in a situation where there's mutual respect and I know them, then that's absolutely fine. But what tends to happen is I get a lot of people just (laughs) bizarrely come up to me in a coffee shop or I have no idea who they are and they'll just start asking me really intense questions. And I can understand that they just want to know. But I'm also like, I can't spend my whole life or kind of existence here having to tell people how to treat me.
2: Yeah. And explain yourself. Yeah. Because nobody should have to do that. Do you know no, what I yeah. mean? Like, I wouldn't expect to do that. If somebody came up and started asking me <laughs> questions about myself, you know, I'm obviously in a very different position to you, but at the same time, yeah, what, what gives them the right to do it? Yeah. Exactly.
1: What I mean by saying it's not all about you is I mean, think of the ways in which your questioning can sometimes make the other feel feel Um, and instead of instantly going to someone that you know is different or non-binary and asking them maybe take a step back, look online, find online resources or for example like with me go through my Instagram, go through my story highlights and just kind of educate yourself there and then if you have any questions, absolutely fine. I think that's important to get out is like another kind of thing I get told a lot is that I'm quite intimidating so therefore when people, if they have questions, they're a bit like, ooh, I can't ask that. As long as your intentions are good, you're not being malicious and I am comfortable, absolutely. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I'm going to give people, (laughs) not that I'm the oracle, but I'm going (laughs) to give, you know, something you don't know, some information that you're you're not sure of and all I can hope is that you then take that information on and treat people with more respect that you didn't know you weren't before. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not intentional, you know, it's not malicious. It's not, um, like you say, there's only a very small kind of proportion of people that do that.
2: What is the most common thing, do you think, or what's the most common thing that people get stuck on or confused about?
1: I think it is just whether or not I'm a man or a woman. Right, yeah. Which I quite like because it's like, I always say to people, like, that's that's the point.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's
1: the point. Yeah. or my favourite one because I used to do quite a lot of dance so I have like a ridiculous posture I look like a beanpole um,
2: it's amazing posture
1: like if I stand still it's, it's like painful to stand without a bent hip Right. I don't know if that's just because I'm a massive homosexual, but
2: I think Alan Carr has this. Yeah. I think Alan Carr has talked about this, that he's got something with his hip yeah, that like, means he stands in a certain way. That does,
1: doesn't feel right. And I'll stand there because I stood with with my face and my shaved head. But then when I move, people literally jump out of their skin
2: because they think you're not real yeah they think wow they
1: think i'm a statue so for example if i'm just in a clothes shop and i'm just stood there look, look at on my phone really still and then i move and literally i've had people literally like <laughs> scream in my face <laughs> and i'm like sure why that's don't?
2: not you though that's just a shock isn't it that's yeah. just because they assume
1: this is the thing like the reactions to me are so funny they're, they're a mixture it. it's, it's so funny but it is actually very difficult it's a combination of people not understanding what I am so therefore treating me in a way where they don't really care about me they just want to know what I am Mm. especially men they're just kind of like I want to know Um, or or just like treatment on the tube or in public can be very invasive because they think I'm there for entertainment or Another hilarious example. Went to Covent Garden the other day and I was just bought some makeup, came back and was just sat on a bench having a sani. And then people were like crowding around me, not loads of people, but like a few like chorus stood around me, just kind of like watching me. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm sat near all the performers. (laughs) But the people that are painted like tin men. Yeah,
2: right. And And they thought you were part of the act. Did they give you any money? That's what I
1: was like. I was there like, (laughs) if I had a hat, it would be down. (laughs)
2: yeah gosh and I suppose that comes back to the idea that it's not all about you you know people are making it about them like I want to know what you are and it's important to me but it's not about them no people do think though I imagine that you're doing it for other people's benefit
1: yeah which I find probably one of the most problematic statements because I always say in response to that I'm always like if I did it for the response I wouldn't do it because the response in public is literally 99% negative Whereas the response online is 99% positive. I always say that. I'm very fortunate, actually. On Instagram, I literally, in the past, like six months I've got no negative attention mm. which is amazing you now I'm like thank god yeah I've curated an environment where that doesn't happen which I know is quite rare for kind of other people's benefits it also would imply that I'm just like here for your entertainment and yeah. I'm like I always say to that I'm like if I am and that's a byproduct
2: <laughs> yes it's
1: not my main kind of goal to make people smile on the tube yeah they look at me I'm just trying to get home yeah. <laughs> <Do you laughs> so,
2: yes I always yeah. get asked where I'm going Yeah.
1: And I always always get so confused when I'm like, oh, home? (laughs) Yeah, And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm just going home. And they're like, oh, dressed like this. Or I get asked, like, what are you dressed as? And I'm always just like, Jamie. (laughs)
2: Yeah, wow, what are you dressed as? That's so... And again, that's people trying to categorise, isn't it? Yeah. People trying to go, I need a reference point for this. Yeah. Yeah. We always ask everyone, Jamie, who comes on Wobble. If you wobble, what makes you wobble?
1: For me, what makes me wobble is <laughs> is the misconception that I'm just very serious and kind of stern and angry all the time because I'm actually quite a hoot. Yes, <laughs> I, I do. can
2: vouch for that. If
1: I do say so myself. Yes. It's just like yeah, like I like I said before, I just don't take myself too seriously, and as I need to, and I just try and have a bit of fun and I think what makes me wobble is when people then treat me in a certain way because they presume that I'm going to be stuck up or arrogant or you know all of these things when actually I love changing I do like it that is a wobble but I do love the fact that then I change people's minds and they they actually will say to me I'm like but like, you're quite funny aren't you <laughs> I'm like yes
2: <laughs> it's amazing isn't it and do you find that that's people wherever you go or is that People sort of in public, or people that work with you, mm. or
1: it's kind of a mixture of people who I work with, um, and also people who meet me that have known me from social. So they obviously think I'm, they must like me in some form to follow me. But then, um, when they meet me, they kind of, they kind of have this vision of you on a pedestal that they are kind of like. Oh. And it's like I'm just someone who also decided to sign up to Instagram yeah. at the same time as you. Yeah, I'm not Madonna yet. <laughs> So it's like, I like that because then they meet me and they're kind of like, oh, okay, you're actually quite funny. Or in work, they're like, oh, you're actually quite mature. Like,
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or chilled out or just, yeah, not too kind of rigid and, and stern. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Which
1: I love. I love yeah. proving people wrong.
2: Yeah. Marvellous. <laughs> Jamie, One absolute honour. One honour and a pleasure to have you on <laughs> Wobble. Thank you so much. More
1: than welcome. Thank you. You're a star.
2: I loved so much of this chat with Jamie. Um, The stuff about imposter syndrome, which I think we all suffer from, you know, especially when we're doing something new or actually if we're doing something that we haven't done for a while and maybe we're coming back to it. Um, You know, I think that can be really triggering for a bit of imposter syndrome. But I love what they said about having that moment in the mirror and just saying, I do deserve to be here. And we talk about affirmations a lot on Wobble. It comes up time and time again because they work. Affirmations really do work. It's the most amazing way of reprogramming and I know sort of Jules is a massive fan as well because by telling ourselves new things in that sort of affirmation way, that's how we create new truths for ourselves do you know what I mean it absolutely can reprogram it and I know if you're new to doing affirmations it's gonna feel weird like I get it it's gonna feel weird and it's gonna feel odd at first you know especially if you do it in the mirror or say it out loud but please stick with it right because I promise you will see the effects of it they're so so good I learned so much from this chat with Jamie and I hope you did listening to it as well and I think more than anything else. I found that point that it's not about you so important. Like, it's not about having to have things explained to us. And it's just, it's about us educating ourselves and being compassionate and really... It really kind of reminded me actually of something that Brené Brown says in her new Netflix special which I mean if you haven't seen it already I cannot say enough good things so please, please do go and watch it when you can. Um, She says to not have the conversation because of discomfort is the definition of privilege. Your comfort is not at the centre, which I thought was the most perfect way to think about what Jamie was saying. Thank you so much to Jamie for being on Wobble and being so utterly divine. And please do like and subscribe to the podcast, to Wobble. Um, And also, now this is exciting, we are doing a Wobble Live right it's going to be happening in london next week okay and we would love to have you so do follow jules and i on instagram as we'll be shouting about it in the next couple of days it would be amazing to have you there and um, thank you so much for listening and we will see you soon for another brilliant guest on wobble